Have you ever been lost? And you look, and when you get there, you're like, how in the world did we get here? The first time I ever went to Toledo, Illinois. Does anybody know where Toledo, Illinois is? Dave lived there. First of all, you had to be going there on purpose because there is no easy way to get there from anywhere. All right? So we get into Toledo, and I'm like, how in the world did we get here? Toledo, Illinois. So here we are. How do we get here? How did you look at your life and you say, how did I get here? How did I get here academically? How did I get here uh, emotionally? How did I get here in relationships? How did I get to this point in my life? I remember years ago, the Lord blessed us. We, for some reason, we kept having kids. I don't know. We never figured out why or how, but both of us went to the doctor, and they did something to us, and now we can't have kids anymore, so thank the Lord for that. Amen. I'm going to tell you, if we do have another kid, we're going to pay off everything. We'll pay off everything for everybody in here because I guarantee you we will be bazillionaires. Anyhow, we kept having kids, and the Lord blessed us. The house that we were living in had small bedrooms. It was an older built house, and uh, I don't know, anybody lived in an older house? Older people didn't have a lot of clothes. There are walk-in closets now that are bigger than some people's houses were a hundred years ago and apparently in some of those old houses there was no nobody had clothes because there's no closet okay they must all had treadmills because that's what you do you hang your clothes on your treadmill and so the lord blesses with this nice house in the in the nice neighborhood and i saw somebody in town and they looked at me and they said how in the world did you get in that neighborhood and I'm thinking, man, I snuck in, I guess. I wanted to say, you know, do I not deserve that? I had the money to buy it. And the only thing I could think of, Ginger, she'll like this response, is this. You ever hear God? God put us here. So how did we get here today? The situation that each of us living in, how did we get here today? How did I end up with Amy? How did Amy end up with me? Right? It's awesome. How am I getting the car I drive? How do I have the business I have? How do I have this? How do I have that? We're going to Genesis chapter number 2. We're going to be digging around in Genesis chapter 2, Genesis chapter 3. We're going to then hit into 1st or 2nd John. We're going to hit into Romans, hopefully by the end of this evening before the sun goes down. Hopefully you brought some chicken in your purse, ladies, so you're going to be able to sustain this long message today. Thus, everybody say thus. Come on, let's say it like you mean it. Thus, yes. thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. This is good old King James here. And on the seventh day, God ended his work which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had made. And God blessed the seventh day. Everybody say, God blessed it. Boy, come on now. God blessed it and sanctified it. Say, sanctified that means to set it apart, to make it holy. It's special. The seventh day, God went to church. The seventh day, God rested from all that he did because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. That's why we could do church on Sundays. Now, some people say, well, Sunday's not really the Sabbath. Well, I can go into a theological dissertation here and say every day is a Sabbath because Jesus Christ is the Lord of the Sabbath and he lives in my heart through the power of his spirit. Therefore, every day is a Sabbath for me. Sabbath means rest. I have rest in my mind every day. If, if, we, if we sit down, my wife and I, if we sit down and we share with you some of the battles that we've been through in our lives, we have dealt with everything from mean banks that want to foreclose on us to internal revenue service agents to mean pastors and churches somebody 
was moving from their hometown to a different part of the country. They went to see their pastor in their church, and, and they said, well, we're going to be moving. And somebody asked them, well, were they sad? Yeah, they were pretty sad. And that's funny. Uh, somebody said, well, that's funny. They weren't sad when I left. Amen. But anyhow, never mind. You didn't get that, but it's all right. And so we've, we, have, we have been through many things. We've been through doctors that say, guess what? You have a disease that we can treat the symptoms, but we can't cure the source. Yeah. It happened to me, 32 years old. Listen, guys, I am now older than that, okay? I have never spent one night in a hospital bed. You like that, Mason? Yeah. Do you know what I take for medicine? Baby aspirin, once a day. But 20 years ago, they said, in 20 years, you may not be walking. You may not be talking. In fact, sir, you may be dead. Am I telling the truth? So I'm telling you this to say that we have been in some places that maybe you have been in. And we are dealing with some things and have dealt with some things that maybe you have dealt with or are dealing with. So I'm saying that guess what? We're not riding in the in rodeo alone with you or without you. We know what's happening. God gave us the Sabbath to rest. And so now the Sabbath is in us, so I have rest every day that I wake up. I wake up in the morning knowing that he took care of me the night before. I go to bed that night knowing that he took care of me that whole day, so he's faithful and just to take care of me for the rest of this night as well. The Bible says that he that keeps Israel never slumbers and never ever sleeps. Amen? God is always awake, he's always watching you, and he's always got your back. So look at your neighbor and say, thank the Lord, he has my back. Amen? Come on, let me hear you say it. Now, verse number four says this. These are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. So now we're here in creation, and we've got an earth that is perfect, and an earth that is in sync, and the system is working. Everything has fallen into place, and there's no man to take care of it. So God decides, I'm going to have to get some labor around here. But there went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Out of the dust of the ground, God created everything else. But when it came to man, God breathed into man this breath of life and we became a living soul. We are different than the beast of the field. We are different than the plants. I do not want to die and then come back as a coconut tree. I don't want to die and come back as a fire hydrant. Because the same thing that happens to fire hydrants is the same thing that happens to coconut trees. Think about it. Never mind. I am a breathing, intellectual human being. Formed in the image of God. Fashioned in the image of God. Whenever the enemy sees me, he sees God. That's why the devil hates you so much. Number one, he hates you because, number one, you are in the image of God. Number two, you're redeemed. The devil can never get repentance. The devil can never seek repentance. The, never, the devil can never get forgiveness of sins. The devil's lost forever. And I'll get to this in a minute. But when the devil has tripped us up and deceived man, we have an opportunity because of the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross of Calvary that we can have atonement for our sins and we can move into the presence of the Lord free and clean again. Amen? Amen. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and he put the man who, whom he for, had formed. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to sight, good for food, the tree of life. Everybody say tree of life. We're going we're gonna to visit the tree of life. 
here in just a minute. Also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So in this massive garden that the Lord has created, there are two main trees, the tree of life and then the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, watch what God does here. He took man, he put him in the garden, addressed it, and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden, you can eat it. You can eat those mangoes. You can eat those papayas. When we were in Hawaii, Tim, we just drive along the road, and there's banana trees. Bananas hanging off the trees. Papayas hanging off mangoes. My friend, Pastor Tama, in one of the houses of where he used to live, if I'm too, if it's too cold, just turn the heat up here, guys, or, you know, you're freezing. Anybody cold? Okay, good. Thanks, thank the Lord. He had an orange tree in his front yard. I was getting ready to leave, and he said, get your orange before you leave. So I went out, and I pulled an orange off the tree. I peeled it right there on the spot. I started eating it. Juice is running down my arms. Oh, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. This just reminds me of Vandalia, Illinois. Wow. Take me home, country road, right? To the place I belong. Oh, good old Vandalia. We got one mountain, Thrill Hill. All right. He said you can eat of every tree in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You shall not eat of it, and from the day you eat it thereof, you shall surely die. Now, God made this whole beautiful garden. He puts a tree of life in it, and he puts the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and he says you can eat of everything, but you can't eat that one. Why? As they say in Texas, why? 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 Can I eat of that tree? Lord, why? Why? I'll tell you why. Because God gives man a choice. It's called our free will. When man makes good decisions, good things happen for us. When we make bad decisions, bad things happen to us. Is this okay today? Is this going to get me on television? Yes. Right now, Art and Dee are home watching me on YouTube television. And he'll send me a text later and say, Pastor, you look like you gained 25 pounds in that shirt you was wearing. So just remember this to the whole congregation. I will never be proud as long as Brother Art can text me and tell me how I'm looking every Sunday. I see you out there, Brother Art. Art and Dina. Amen. So guess what? God gives us a choice. We have a choice to live for God. We have a choice not to live for God. I love it when people say, why does God let bad things happen? Because God has given man the free choice to make his own decision. We decide if we live for God or we live for the devil. We decide if we live in light or we live in darkness. We decide if we smoke or we don't smoke. We decide if we cuss or we don't cuss. We decide if we fornicate or if we don't fornicate. We decide if we don't lie or we do lie. We decide. If I go home today and I pop a, a, a magazine in my 9 millimeter and I hold it to my head and I pull the trigger, guess what? That's not right because somebody's going to have to clean up that mess. And it won't be me. They'll just wheel me out of there. Why did God let Brother Tracy do that to himself? God didn't do that. I made the decision. So we have to be, oh, this is going to be a weekly series for a little bit. I know already. So we have to decide who we allow to influence our decisions. Amen? 
You have to decide who you're listening to. Oh, boy. You have to decide what you're reading. Now, listen, I'm a man of age, right? I felt good years ago. We, we, we cooked shrimp at our house. We grew up cooking shrimp, and we cook it in a beer uh, recipe. And so we were having going to buy sh- uh, shrimp. We bought the shrimp and had to get some beer. I went through the liquor store to get the can of beer. I don't drink the beer. I don't like beer. Beer's nasty, right? But anyhow, figure it out for yourself. She said, I need to see your card, please. I felt so accomplished. I still look young. They don't ask me that anymore, Randall. They don't ask me about my card anymore. I don't know if it's my hair. I don't know if it's my sunglasses, my stylish sunglasses, or what it is. Or maybe it's the bubble in the middle that says I'm on the level. I don't know. They don't ask anymore. We are all men and women of age, and we decide who talks to us and who doesn't talk to us. We decide who's going to influence us. I'm old enough to know I'm not watching It 1 and It 2. Isn't that the new movie out? What's the new movie with the clown? You're helping me here. It. I'm not watching that junk. If you like that junk, watch that junk. Right? I'm not going to watch that and then go to bed and then have somebody say, oh, my curtains are moving. Clown's behind curtain number one. No, 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 no. I'm not going to, you know, watch all this mess, and I'm not going to watch all this trash. I'm not going to read all this stuff. I'm not going to get on the Internet and put stuff in my mind that allows the enemy to put fear in me and on me because, you know what, I decide. We each decide who we listen to. We each decide what we watch. We each decide where we go. We each decide, oh, here we go. We each decide who our friends are going to be. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes we got to get cruddy buddies out of our lives. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Remember that statement, cruddy buddies. So we now have a choice in the garden. Good and evil, tree of life, everything else. The big lie. Everybody say the big lie. I'm talking about the big lie. Do you know how long it took me to figure out how to make that big thing? It took a long time. That's why I was up till 1 o'clock this morning trying to figure out how to make that slide. The big lie. (laughs) The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar and the father of it. That's what Jesus said. Genesis chapter 3. I told you it's going to be in Genesis. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the tree, the fruit of the trees of the garden. The first problem was this. She listened to him. She stopped and listened. The first problem starts out. He spoke to the woman, and she stopped to have a conversation with him. The first thing is this. Don't give the devil the time of day. Now, the devil is not going to come up to you. Well, he comes up to some people. The devil's not going to come up to you in the form of a snake, unless you're Mitchell. Mitchell can see snakes everywhere. If you ask Mitchell, we've had two snakes in our garage, and we got one in the basement right now. There was one small snake in the in the in the uh, garage the other night. Yes, and TNA Snake Removal Company, Tracy and or TNM Tracy and Marcus. We went out there and ministered to him, her, whatever it is, it. It was trying to get out the door, but it couldn't get out the door because there wasn't a big enough crack. So I walk around the house in the dark, right, open the door slowly. Here comes the snake. Marcus shuts the door on the snake. Boom, proceeds to minister with a shovel. I'm watching on the other side of the snake going, Now get get him, Marcus, hit him again. Lo and behold, when he hit him, her, it, little ones came out. Whoa, hallelujah. 
now the conversation is, are, are they, do snakes have to have partners or are they asexual? We don't know. It, this has been a discussion in our house all week about snake sexuality. So all we know is we killed it. We sent pictures out to the family group text. Everybody was relieved except Mitchell. Oh, no, there's a big one. There's a bigger one. See this hole right here by the door frame or the garage door frame? He goes up in there. He's probably in there now, and I'm beating against him. I say, you think he's in there right now? Let's see if we can get him out. Because if we get him out, we're going to minister to him too. Amen. I go to empty the dehumidifier in the basement. I take a shovel and mop. Amen. And Max is standing behind me the other night. I said, my God, Max, you got to go in front of me. You're recon. I'm not going first. And he went on down. But the devil will come to you in various forms. He'll come in the form of a, now watch, guys. He'll come in the form of the girl that you always dreamed of. Ladies, he'll come in the form of the guy you always dreamed of. The devil knows each of our weaknesses. He knows each of our, uh, of our vices. He knows each of our buttons to push. He's not going to come to me with a 12-pack of Dilly Dilly Bud Light with a, with a pitchfork in his hand and a long tail and horns and say, uh, I'm the devil, and I want you to drink the Bud Light, Dilly Dilly. Because he knows I'm not going to do that. But he knows my weaknesses. And he knows if he attacks my weaknesses, if I'm not strong, if I haven't put the right influences in my life, then I am susceptible to fall and failure. And so, therefore, I have to watch what the enemy is trying to do in my life. Listen, the enemy will put voices in your life. Hold on now. Fasten your seatbelt. The enemy will put voices in your life from your past and your present. And those people are not living for the Lord like they used to, and they will begin to talk. And words are like glue. Words stick to you. Words go with you wherever you go. Oh, I don't believe that. No, but you remember what that person said about you, that teacher in the second grade, and you're 45 years old now. Why? What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying words are never forgotten. Once a word is spoken, it's always there. You know when the people made fun of you at school or bullied you at school, what they said about you, and it still rings in your ears loud and clear today. I'm here to warn somebody. If you are not careful, you're going to be hooking up with the wrong people, amen, and listen to the wrong voice, and the enemy is going to slowly start to curl around you and try to smother and suffocate you. If you want to learn how to live for God successfully, find somebody that's living for God successfully and listen to them. If I want to learn how to pole vault, can you see that? Whew. I would not be a vaulter. I would be more of a missile. I would plant that stick and shoot. I'd go right through it. I'd be like a... I would go through there, and it'd be ugly, but I'd make it through. If I want to learn how to pole vault, I'm not going to talk to somebody that has never pole vaulted before. Are you seeing what I'm saying? If I'm going to talk to a pole vaulter, I'm not going to talk to one that never qualified for state, never did anything in his section, never won a tournament. Are you seeing what I'm saying? You better find a godly voice in your life and let that godly voice talk to you. You better get rid of all the romance novels and you better get the Word of God open. And I'm not just talking about on your phone. I'm talking about getting a Bible that's made out of paper and ink and start coloring in it and start reading it and start ingesting it and saying, I've God, I have the word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Oh, this is evangelistic today. I'm telling you, the devil's setting you up. You better be careful. I don't know why more people don't talk to me. About living for God successfully. I know why. Because a lot of times people don't want to hear what I have to say. Sorry, Art. That hurts a guy's feelings. 
Pastor, when you drop the microphone, we can't hear what you're saying. Art. Today he'll tell me, you were screaming at the people, Art. Or, Pastor, you were screaming at them. And I said, that is Clark. Clark turns the volume up, and that's how it, it may not be screaming here, but it's whatever. The devil's setting you up. The devil wants to deceive you. If he deceived Eve thousands of years ago, who was created in the image of God, who was made from a rib, handmade by the hands and fingers of God, why can he not deceive you and I? Why can he not take us out? Why can he not work us over? I'm here to tell you that sometimes there are voices from our past that used to speak good things, but now those voices have become distracted with other things. Be careful who you are listening to, brothers and sisters. Be careful, be careful, be careful. Amen? Now, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said. Now watch, watch what Satan does. You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. God didn't say anything about touching. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. The devil is going to mix half-truth with it. Because he's going to make the lie swirly like, like a twist cone, swirly. I'm not talking about getting your head in the toilet and flushing, somebody flushing your head down. That's called a swirly. I don't know if anybody ever knew that or not. That's a little bit of locker room know-how there. He's going to swirl the lie in a truth, and it's going to seem like it's right, and he's going to make it feel all right, and he's going to make it seem reasonable in our minds that it's all right. But I'm telling you, the devil is going to get you so weak and you're not even going to realize it, and then something's going to come along, and it's going to offend you, it's going to hurt your feelings, and the devil's going to go, and you're going to fall over, and you're going to be all tied up, and you're going to be hopeless, and you're going to be helpless. You better listen to what the pastor is saying today. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. He was right about that. He was right about that. The devil was right. Say, the devil was right. Well, that was weak. The devil was right about that. Because when they took of the tree, they realized good and evil that they didn't realize before. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she, she reasoned it all out. It's good for food. It's pleasant to the eyes. And it's, it's, this, this is the right thing. This is what we ought to do. This is what we ought to do. You know, I've talked about this and I've said this before. Um, listen, people move, people come, people go. You know what? Listen, if you're here and you're going to move somewhere, the first thing I ask you is this. Wherever you plan on moving, make sure there is a Holy Ghost-filled church for you to go to when you get there. Pastor, you know, we, there's a church there, but it's about an hour away. Guess what? If you can't come 15 minutes to church, you ain't going an hour. Did I say that too bad? Let me, let me, let me, let me put that a little bit nicer. Okay. Chances are, it's very difficult for you to get to church when you're 15 minutes away. It may be extremely difficult for you to get to church if it's 45 minutes plus your 15. You know what I'm saying. And guess what? We do what we want to do. Whoa. We do what we want to do. When we go car shopping, we know we can afford something for a buck 380. You know? And then you pull on the lot, and there's that Lexus sitting over there. That's two bucks 380. And you say, Oh, I'd like to have that car. Oh, my Lord, I'd like to have that car. How am I going to get that car? Maybe I can get a job at June. Maybe June will give me a job at Thai Restaurant. Well, maybe I can call Brad. Maybe Brad's got some money. He'd let me have, get this Lexus. 
And so you start, because why? When you really want something bad enough, you do whatever it takes to get what you want. And we are creatures of want. Sometimes what we want is not what we need. And sometimes we got to be careful along with our wants, what we need, because when we get what we want, that all brings in some strings that are attached here. She said, oh, it's good for food. It's pleasant to the eyes. It looks good. It's a desire to be one wise. And she took the fruit and ate and gave also to her husband, and he ate, did eat also. What in the sand hill is he doing? Where was strong man at? He was put there to protect her. Number one, was she by herself? If you walk with the Lord by yourself, you need to find somebody that can be your prayer partner. Listen, if you're a lady and you're in this church and your husband doesn't come to church and you need somebody to partner up with you and pray with you and when you're struggling you need somebody to call, I would recommend this woman right here. She's an international evangelist. She's preached, she preached three months in a row, once in June, once in May, once in June, and then in Hawaii. She's international. I carried her, her bag off the plane. I said, let me take your bag. I want to carry your bag. She is more holy than I am. Yeah. Yeah, something will come up, and I'll say, ah, oh, no, oh, no. It's fine. The recipe says this. If it says a quarter cup, you're going to put a quarter cup. You don't need to measure. Just put it in there. It'll be all right. Oh, no. Ladies, connect with somebody who's walking with the Lord successfully. Gentlemen, connect with If you're walking with the Lord by yourself, connect with someone who is walking with the Lord successfully because guess what? Brother Randall, if I want to start a business, am I going to call somebody that has never owned a business on how to start a business? If I want to find out how to become a millionaire in real estate, I'm not going to talk to somebody who's been on a mail route for 35 years. I need to talk to somebody who's been down there that knows exactly what they're doing. Amen? If you want to find somebody that lives for God successfully and you want to live for God successfully, find somebody that's doing it. Somebody that's done it. Been there, done that. I own the t-shirt shop. You want to learn how to fight the devil effectively? Find somebody that knows how to fight the devil. You want to know how to pray effectively? Find somebody that knows how to pray and has a prayer life. Why are we going to people who are dry cisterns and wells asking for spiritual water when they don't have anything to offer? Ladies, if you're frustrated in your marriage, the last person you need to get marriage counseling from is a 15-old bitty single woman in your department at work that had been divorced 45 times. But you know what? It's rot gut truth. I should name this sermon rot gut. It's true. But we going through this life now, and you, you know, we even got centers where adults go in and color. Can you see General Douglas MacArthur right before he walks onto the beaches in Luzon and Manila Bay and says, I have returned? Saying, oh, hold up, guys. i got to finish this page I've been coloring here for the last half hour. And as soon as I get this page done coloring, I'll be out there to declare, I have people of the Philippines, I have returned. No, are you kidding me? I'm telling you what, we're, our world is up. We're, this is what we are. It's, it's, you can't even put words on this. We have adults who color. We have young people who are 35 and 40 years old and are single and still living with their parents. Oh, it gets better. And their parents are trying to get them evicted. 
And the 35-year-old is taking the parents to court to fight the eviction. O-M-G! Are you kidding me? The last person I'm going to go to for spiritual advice is a person who is not living for God successfully, is a person who's not put, walking it down and saying, you know what, I can pray in the Holy Ghost or I can pray in English. The last per- if I want power over the enemy, the last person I'm going to go to is somebody that's stuck in sin and stuck in all this backsliding and all this other mess. i got to talk to somebody that knows how to cast out a devil. There was a man back in England in the late uh, 1800s, early turn of the century. His name was Smith Wigglesworth. Read about his read about his life. Full of the Holy Ghost, raised the dead, saw mighty miracles, did all kinds of stuff. One night he was said in his book he said he was sleeping and he felt the, he woke up and felt the presence of the devil in his room. And he said I rolled over and looked at him and said, "Oh, it's you." And rolled back over and went to sleep. That's the guy I want to talk to about authority and power over unclean spirits. That's the guy I want to talk to that says, get up, dead man. You're going to walk again and live again. Amen? You see what I'm saying? Connect yourself with the right people. These people, Adam and Eve, brought all kinds of mess on me and you because of their sin. Because it looked good. It it was the right thing. They thought it tasted good. It was pleasant to the eyes. And both of their eyes were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron. Let me tell you something. When you come into the presence of the Lord, fig leaf religion is not going to cover your hide. Man, this is hard. I am so sorry. I thought this was going to be a nice one. Don't let the devil trick you. Don't let the devil sideswipe you. Don't let the devil torture you and say, oh, but it looks so good and it's so nice. This must be the right thing. Just because it looks nice doesn't mean it's the right thing. Amen? And you say, well, I don't see it. I came to church, Pastor, 15 times, and I just don't feel God anymore. I'm trying to live for God, but I just don't feel Him. Well, here's our problem. We don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith, not by sight. Let me give you a little bad piece of bread here. Ready? There will be times when you walk with God that you will not feel Him. There will be days and weeks and months sometimes. How about this? You only tell them, they only say this. There may be years, like that, years, years, and you may not feel Him. Oh, pastor, I just got to get a word. Yeah, Abraham got a word. Guess what? I'm going to give you seed. Sarah's going to have a baby. Seed's coming from you, Abraham. I'm going to reach up ahead. I'm going to reach up ahead. Because the Bible says in that seed was Christ. I'm going to reach generations ahead, pull that seed out and put it in Sarah's womb. Abraham got that. You're gonna have a baby. You're gonna have a baby. Year one went by. Year five went by. Apparently, he didn't have the Energizer Bunny batteries, did he? Ten years went by. Fifteen years went by. Twenty years went by. Do you know when Sarah got pregnant? 24 years later. Most of us would have thrown in the towel and just jumped in a well somewhere. You know why? Well, God told me he's going to do it. He done, you know, it's been 15 minutes. He ain't done it yet. Oh, God, why? 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 
only four years. And the devil will say, hey, guess what? God's going to like it. God doesn't care. We want instant gratification. We want it right here, right now. We want God to do it right now for us. You see where the problem with our generation is? We have mobile banking. We have instant rice. We have drive throughs at the liquor store. You can just drive through at the liquor store. Not only that, you can, you can drive up to Jack Flash up here and order you a birthday cake bang. I'd rather eat the cake batter, just drink it straight out of the bowl. When my mom was take baking a cake and she wasn't with it, was she under somewhere in the house? And I was in the kitchen, she'd get that bad. Thank you, Lord. Mm, praise God. Tracy, what have you been doing? Nothing. See, the devil had a hold on you. That's fig leaf religion. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying the devil's going to lie to you. The devil's going to try to trick you. You better be careful. Sewed these fig leaves together, and they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord. Guess what? When you have sin in your life, you hide yourself from his presence. When we have sin in our lives, we don't want to be in his presence. When we have sin in our lives, we don't want to come to church. That's good and it's bad. That's bad for you because guess what? You need to clean up your life. That's good for the church. That means we still got some power. Because there are churches you can walk into and walk out and never go through a shower at all. Never go through anything at all. Never go through a cleansing. You don't want to go somewhere where you walk in and you walk out the same way you came. You want to walk in and walk out different. You want to walk out changed. You come in with no power, you walk out with some power. Amen. You walk in with a burden, you let your burden down, and you walk out free. Amen. You, get, you come in here with a lot on your mind, you lay it at the altar, and you walk out with a clear, free mind. That's what is supposed to happen. So they come into the presence of the Lord, and they hid themselves, hallelujah, from his presence. And the Lord God said, Adam, Adam, where art thou? Where are you, Adam? Adam, where are you at? Come on. And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. What is the first thing he said? I had fear. Fear has torment. Some of you can't sleep at night because you're afraid. You're afraid of things in your house. You're afraid of things at work. You're afraid your wife or husband's cheating on you. You're afraid of this. You're afraid of that. You got to turn it over to the Lord. Adam said, I was afraid. I was naked and I hid myself. Now, watch what God said. Who told you? Who told you you were naked? See, it wasn't learned. It wasn't in Adam's character because Adam was in the image of God. That's why I'm telling you words that you're letting people spew all over you that aren't godly and aren't right are going to pull you down. Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree that I commanded that you should not? And the, and the man, he was such a stud, wasn't he? The woman you gave me made me. She made me do it. She gave me and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that thou hast done? The woman said, the serpent made me do it. Always a victim mentality. It's never anybody's fault but the other guy. Have alcoholics look at me and say, this is, a, this is the reason why I'm an alcoholic. Well, the reason you're an alcoholic is because you don't stop. It's just a decision away. Is anybody listening to me now? I said, it's just a decision away. You can stop drinking if you want to. You can stop running around if you want to. You can stop smoking dope if you want to. Come on. You can do anything if you want, if you want to. If you really want to, you can lose weight. Apparently, I don't want to bad enough right now. You know what I'm saying? If you want to, you can speed. If you want to, you can go slow. If you want to, you can wear a Aloha shirt. If you want to, you see what I'm saying? You want to, want to, want What do we want to do? It's nobody else's fault. All of us are going to have to work out our own salvation in fear and trembling before the Lord. Each one of us are going to stand before God. Each and every one of us are going to stand before God. I can't stand there for Caitlin, and Caitlin can't stand there for me. 
be all right here because certainly we can. The Lord would say, Caleb, I'm talking to you about the sins of past generations. You should have said, that might be good. Praise the Lord. Maybe it helped me. Yeah, that will help. You see what I'm saying? All of us, small and great, we're going to stand before God. And, and he said, the serpent made me do it. The curses came. The curses came. Let me say this. We live in a cursed world. We live in a broken down world. Why does God let bad things happen? Because we are in a broken system. Why are all politicians liars? Because we're in a broken system. Why do they say they're going to do this and they get in office and they don't do anything? Because we're in a broken system. God's it's not his fault. If we'd have done, our ancestors would have done what they, he told them to do, it, we wouldn't be broke. We wouldn't be like we are. We're in a broken system. Where there is darkness, it's because there is an absence of light. Where there is cold, there is an absence of heat. Where there is evil, there is an absence of good. Make sense? Where there's the devil, there's an absence of God. Oh, boy. Okay. The curses come. The curses. I've heard people say, well, I don't believe in curses. Jesus, you live in a curse. You're cursed. Every time you go out nine to five, what a way to make a living. That's a curse on us. We weren't supposed to do that. We are supposed to take care of the garden. It's a curse on the serpent. And the Lord God said to the serpent, because you've done this, you're cursed above all cattle and every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And you're going to get a shovel, 2414 Whitler Lane. Amen. Oh, we put that in there. That was an addendum. And I will put enmity. Everybody say enmity. Enmity means war, conflict. Between thee and the woman, thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. First prophecy about Jesus Christ coming, Genesis 3.15. All right? There's that one. The curse on the woman, Genesis 3.16. Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow shalt thou bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. You know what this is? There is something in the female DNA. The Bible calls it talks about the spirit of Jezebel. Women want to control men. That's why he shall rule over thee. That is very difficult for women to do. Ladies, I'm sorry. I love you. I'm married to one, but that's if you don't keep this under the blood, if you don't keep this under God's control, that's what happens. Are you seeing what I'm saying? All right. Anyhow, and on the man and on the earth. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of the wife, and eaten the tree of which I commanded thee, thou shalt not eat of it, cursed to be the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. We're going to work. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it thou wast taken, for dust thou art, and to dust thou shalt return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, and she became, because she was the mother of all living. Now there's a substitution made here. I want you to see this substitution. Are we ready to baptize, Brother Clark? Are we full and ready? All right, let's fill her up. Substitution. Everybody say substitution. Substitution. Now notice, when God said... The day that you eat thereof, you shall surely die. They did die spiritually. That's where we, how we got here today. Why do we come to church? Why? You want to toughen your skin up? Because I'm telling you, all I do is yell at you. The last few weeks, all I've done is yell at you. And you keep coming back for more. And more and more. Why we come to church? Entertain his presence. We need his presence. Why? Because we're lost and undone without his presence. We are lost without his blood covering our life. We are lost without the blood of Jesus. Now, so we're here because we're trying to get into his presence. 
Unto Adam and also his wife, his, to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. God killed innocent animals that didn't have the sin on them to cover the nakedness of Adam and Eve. He substituted here. Rather than destroying Adam and Eve, that's what happened there. Now, watch. This gets very interesting, and this is where I'm closing. Genesis 3.22, the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. He's talking to the spirit world right there. He says the man is going to move into the spirit realm and be just like us, just like a created being, just like an angel, just like a demon. Let us put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life, lest he does this, and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden, kicked him out, Till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims. Everybody say cherubims. Cherubims are angels. All right. Now there are angels at the east gate of the Garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. You got it? So let's talk about the tree of life for a minute. Very interesting. Genesis 2.9, this is where the tree of life is mentioned all through the scriptures. Genesis 2.9, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life. Genesis 3.22, the Lord said he's going to know good and evil lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life. Genesis 3.24, they're going to guard the tree of life. Revelation 2.7. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him that overcometh will I grant to eat of the tree of life. Right? And in the par- which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Also, the tree of life for po- poetic purposes and reading is found in Proverbs 3.18, 11.30, 13.12, and 15.4. All right? They're not dealing with the literal tree of life there. They're using it for po- poetic purposes. So, he says here... Paradise in the midst of God. Revelation 22.2. In the midst of the street of it, on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations. Revelation 22.14. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may be right, have a right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city. Let's talk about the tree of life. The tree of life in the Garden of Eden that bestowed continual life. Before Adam and Eve sinned, they had free access to the tree of life. After their act of rebellion, two cherubim guarded the way to its fruit. Adam and Eve's inability to eat from the tree after their sin showed that they failed to gain immortality or eternal life. Because of their sin, they were subject to death and dying. This condition lasted until the coming of Jesus Christ, the second Adam, who offers eternal life to all who believe in him. 1 John 5, 11 and 12, and this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. How do we get here? That's part of how we got here today. That's how we got here. We got here because of a fall. We got here because of disobedience. We got here because we believed a lie. And I'm telling you, the devil's tactics have not changed in 6,000 years. If you will learn the playbook of the enemy, he has a very small playbook. If you will learn the playbook of the enemy, you will find that his plays are constantly the same. He has about four or five plays. He operates through these three areas, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And if you look back at how Eve saw the fruit, you'll see all three of them. The lust of the flesh, it was good. The lust of the eyes, it looked good. The lust of the flesh, it was pleasing. Right there. The devil works those three areas in our lives. Be careful, brothers and sisters. I need some music, please. We're going to baptize these young ladies. Be careful. Be careful what's happening around you. Be careful who you're hanging with. Be careful who you're talking to. 
Oh, pastor. Oh, pastor, you you telling me that you, you don't, some people you don't talk to? Listen, if people aren't going to be an encouragement to me, if people aren't going to be a blessing to me, if people aren't going to be a positive influence in my life, why do I want to hang around them? Why? Why do we want to hang around negative? Why do we want to hang around, hang around negative? Why do we want to deal with negative all the time? You want to be a pole vaulter? Find a pole vaulter that was successful. Find an Olympic champion. You want to find a successful man of God, woman of God? Find somebody that's been walking it for years. Find somebody that knows how to go through the trials. Find somebody that their weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Amen? Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, so we're going to get ready and baptize these ladies. Kim and Alyssa are going to help them get ready. You're all getting baptized. Jonathan, you're getting baptized. All right. All right, get her ready. We're going to do this. Anybody else needs baptized? You can do it. Today's the day. Water's fresh. It's good. Amen. People are getting baptized. That's great. That's what it's all about. Amen. That's what it's all about. People getting baptized, people repenting of their sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's sing a song. All right.
So Veronica here. Veronica has she came with her. She came and started working at the daycare about a year and a half or so ago on the step program through the high school. And I just told her this is when I, one of the first days that she was here and I saw her and I walked by and I said, Hey, how you doing? And she was so scared of me, she didn't say a word. And I just shrugged my shoulders, and I'm like, I have such an impact on people. I just, I'm speechless. And so, finally she started talking, and Kim and Alyssa have been working with her, and she's going to get baptized today in the name of Jesus Christ, the way they did it in the book of Acts and all through the scriptures. Amen? For the remission of her sins, they're going to give her a Bible study, and she's ready. upon the confession of your faith and your willingness to be recognized by the Lord in water baptism. I now baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. The Bible says that you shall also receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Water's really warm. Amen. Anybody else? No more shackles. No more shackles. No more chains. No more bondage. I am free.
on, let's give the Lord a hand praise right now. Let's thank him. Thank you, Lord, for Veronica. Give them a name of Jesus put on her life. Thank you, Lord, for touching her. I couldn't hear her very well, but it looked like she was speaking in tongues. Amen. So we're letting her and the Lord work that out. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. How did we get here? That's how we got here. And there's more to it. There's more to it. I hope that I helped you with that today. Keep your life clean. Listen, get rid of all the junk in your life that's, that's keeping you from excelling and worshiping and living for the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Don't forget, Wednesday night church, 7 o'clock. Friday night, set up for food pantry at 530. It's also all in your bulletin. Men, get ready for men's conference. Buy t-shirts from the youth. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord. Oh, praying. We're praying Saturday night, 8 to 9. All of you said you'd be here, so let's keep that in mind as well. College and career. If I can meet with you right over here quickly, college and career, that would be great.